From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. There has been a phenomenal increase in transaction in virtual digital assets. The magnitude and frequency of these transactions have made it imperative to provide for a specific tax regime. Accordingly, for the taxation of virtual digital assets, I propose to provide that any income from transfer of any virtual digital asset shall be taxed at the rate of 30%, 30%. While she may not have offered any relief to taxpayers, Nirmala Sitaraman's budget made headlines for the announcement on crypto and digital currency. For a government that had threatened to ban cryptocurrency in its budget presentation a few years ago, February 1's decision to tax the sale of crypto and NFTs or non-fungible tokens gives investors in these assets the legitimacy they've long been seeking. The finance minister also announced that the Reserve Bank of India would launch its own digital rupee this year. Shugata Ghosh, who writes on banking, finance and economy at the Economic Times, tells my colleague Arun George just how this digital rupee could work. He also explains what the new taxation rule means for cryptocurrency investors. That is like a sovereign currency, but it's a digital currency. That has been in the works for about a year now. And uh, so they have given a time frame of this year to launch it. So that is no different from a fiat currency. Only thing is that the settlement will be instantaneous. Uh, the money will move faster and it will be backed by the sovereign. So it's like any, uh, the currency we have now, the notes in your wallet, it is the same legal status. Only thing is that it's in the digital form. How would something like this work? And, you know, because normal currency, we have a certain amount that's printed, a certain amount that's in the system. Would this be then part of that ecosystem? So those rules are not yet clear. So you can have a separate account or uh, your digital uh, currency can add to the same savings account which you have, where a part would be digital, a part would be the normal currency or you can have a separate account whether such an account has to be with a bank or you can have private wallets those rules are not yet clear but rbi will possibly do it in a way where it will be easier for rbi to uh, monitor and regulate because this will be a part of the money supply india has now effectively become among the first i think the first economy to announce a digital currency of this kind um what are the benefits of it and what are the risks that come with having this? Well, the, the biggest benefit is that the settlement can be instantaneous and your money would move very fast. For instance, uh, theoretically speaking, uh, your settlement in the stock market can happen on a T plus zero basis. If suppose uh, payments are made in uh, digital currency to buy a stock, in that case, the transfer from the exchange to the seller of the stock can happen instantaneously. Today, it happens after two days. It's supposed to happen after one day, uh, this T plus one system which is coming. I'm just taking an extreme, extreme example to make a point. So money will move faster. Uh, I mean, that is the biggest uh, advantage. 
but it's also a regulatory challenge for RBI because uh, uh, how savers would distribute between digital currency and the normal fiat currency and how RBI regulation in controlling money supply, in taking care of interest rates, inflation, those are an evolving situation because RBI, the central bank themselves are also learning because it's a new thing for them as well. You mentioned how the biggest advantage of cryptocurrency was the fact that you could do transactions even cross-border with fewer financial charges in between. Is that one of those benefits of having a digital currency? The rules are not yet clear. We don't know how it will pan out or what the rules... uh, I mean, whether this would be used only for a a domestic transaction or it would be used for cross-border transactions. We don't know. But there is no reason why it won't be. Because once it's a regulated currency backed by the sovereign, like a fiat currency but in a digital form, there is no reason why cross-border transaction cannot happen. Is there any benefit in sort of being the first over the line in that sense, in this in this sense? No, it's a learning experience. I mean, one really doesn't know how how the velocity of money will change because of this. First of all, RBI has to decide that in the next 10 years or in the 5 years, what would be the quantum of digital currency in the overall money supply? Would it be 5%, 1%, 2%? Because you can't just have digital currency because the economy is not prepared, the banks are not prepared, even the central bank is not prepared. So you have to slowly introduce it. The other big announcement was about the taxation of digital assets. Does that sort of legitimize crypto and NFT now? The announcement is a recognition that the government will not ban. It's a reflection that the government will not ban cryptocurrency. That is abundantly clear now because they would be taxing it. That is the good news for uh, the crypto community. That's the good news because cryptos will survive in India. The bad news is that whatever you gain from cryptos will be fully taxed. So today, if you sell a stock, you are taxed 15% if you sell it within one year of buying, that is short-term capital gain. If you sell it after one year, it is taxed as 10%. But the tax, the gains in case of cryptos will be taxed as 30%. So adding surcharge and everything, you'll have to pay 34% tax uh, on your gains from crypto. That is number one. Number two, the losses you make on cryptos cannot be adjusted with your profits. So there is no uh, tax advantage there. And secondly, there is also a TDS. Uh, for instance, if you sell crypto, suppose you get 1000 rupees, the exchange will possibly deduct 1% TDS, that is 10 rupees, and give you 990 rupees. So uh, the tax regime is uh, far harsher than securities, but at least it's a recognition that cryptos will not be banned. But it comes at a time when, again, the digital currency has been announced. But you're saying there's fundamentally no clash between the two of any kind. No, it is. There isn't. The underlying technology is the same, the blockchain technology. Only thing is that uh, the digital currency that would be launched by RBI would have a closed blockchain in the sense that RBI can control that blockchain. But in case of private digital currencies, the blockchain is open. I mean, nobody can tamper the blockchain. Nobody can control it. With the legitimization of crypto, does that also mean then there has to be a regulator of some kind who 
watches over crypto assets and nfts because that would also become a factor right yes uh, we don't know it could well be sebi but while they have clarified the tax part of the story they have not clarified the the exchange control part of the story so suppose if you uh, say suppose your uh, brother is in us you want to send him some money and instead of using the banking channels you transfer one bitcoin from your wallet to your brother's wallet who is in new york now that amounts to a cross border transaction how will it be accommodated within the existing framework of foreign currency laws like fema like uh, prevention of money laundering because that is another piece which has to be clarified by the government otherwise there would be the uh, people who do the transactions uh, can have run ins with the regulators or with enforcement directorate and other authorities uh does it then also kind of push the trade towards greater illegalities in a sense where the incentive is now to hide it rather than to declare it suppose you are uh, you sold some cryptos on a platform and you are getting 1000 rupees right now if the platform deducts the tdf that means tax deducted at source the platform deducts 1% that means it deducts 10 rupees and gives you 990 rupees and gives that 10 rupees to the government there will be clear trail that who has sold cryptos when and how much tax the person has paid so the government will have all the data so it will be very difficult for you to hide it actually the other piece of regulatory clarity that is required is the exchange control rules so if you trade cryptos with an uh, offshore establishment or with an foreign individual uh, individual who is overseas then how are these transactions recognized or legitimized within the existing framework of law because the existing laws would have to be changed to legalize this transaction how big a change is this in the uh, the financial system in that sense this acknowledgement and the digital rupee direction wise it's a significant change but since the quantum of cryptos and digital currency is yet to be launched but the quantum is so small today that it doesn't pose a macroeconomic risk or a risk of an economic instability but say 10 years 20 years down the line if cryptos reach a critical mass that means uh, say 10 15 20% of your savings uh, are in the form of cryptos or if you are holding say 20% of your uh, fixed deposits in the form of digital currency then it is something that the regulator has to uh, figure out how to control because that would mean a change in regulatory policy a change in supervision policy as well as the monetary policy of us while digital currency may have been legitimized but with taxation at 30% does it still offer sufficient incentive for investors ramesh kailasam the ceo of indiatech.org for one doesn't think so India Tech is an industry group started by Indian startups and has been providing inputs for the government on its cryptocurrency policy. Ramesh tells Arun George that while they appreciate the direction taken by the government in the budget, they're still waiting to see the granular rules and regulations which will decide how business continues. He also sees a shift 
from amateur investors to those who know exactly what they are getting into with cryptocurrencies. One of the demands of India Tech had been that uh, that that crypto assets and NFTs and others should be named and defined. Uh, at least it will give direction for a lot of things which are currently in the gray zone or rather undefined zone. So I think one other welcome step is the fact that the finance minister named virtual digital assets. And, and of course, it, we need to further see on uh, how more granular they can get in defining stuff because uh, broadly, your cryptocurrencies and NFTs are a broader term. There are various variations to it. There are various types. There are various use cases. So therefore, it will be uh, important to see how they go granular. Uh, plus, one other thing is that while they have uh, given the taxation figure for, uh, uh, for, for the buying and selling, but one other demand that we had put in across is to come out with clarity for people who hold it as stock in trade, uh, especially with regard to uh, profits and gains from business or profession, which we had released in our white paper, should be the way forward for people who hold it as stock in trade and exchanges and the like. I think that clarity also needs to emerge. So we are hoping that uh, this will be followed up with further clarifications because there are still certain areas that haven't been answered. The mention in the budget also legitimizes cryptocurrencies to a great extent and how much does it legitimize it what is critical therefore is that at least it gives a sense of direction that india is not banning it now if you look at there is one more line which says that they may notify it from time to time in the official gazette now one other thing that we had put in in our uh, recommendation to the finance minister before the budget was that and to the rbi as well is that uh, we also need to clarify what kind of uh, crypto would be allowed in the country, uh, those in the public ledger especially. And I think they have also partly tended to address that by going in that direction, which means that uh, even the government may later on notify what kind of, <laughs> kind of virtual digital assets are allowed to be called virtual digital assets because there are many private cryptocurrencies that um, are run not on the public ledger, which possibly may not be allowed. Uh, and, and therefore, there will be some direction of thought given to that is what we are presuming. What needs to be now done is respective acts and respective regulations have to be tweaked to accommodate this word which has been brought about in the budget, including, of course, indirect tax under the GST and, of course, various uh, regulations, including FEMA, including the likes of anti-money laundering, suspicious transaction reporting. I mean, these are all things that can be brought about by simple notification of rules. Now then the budget has given direction to it. Is the 30% tax higher than the industry would have liked? We had recommended that ideally it should be taxed like any other product, especially around capital gains. Now, uh, what uh, they have done is they have put 30%, which is on the higher side. But at the same time, they also said that you can't set off the losses with other heads of income, which is partly understandable in a sense that sometimes you may have other heads of income, whether it's your uh, income from salaries, house property, or house property uh, profits and gains from business or profession, income from capital gains, income from other sources. Now, what they have said is uh, a, a loss here cannot be set up from incomes in other heads. 
which is partly understandable because you because of the volatile nature of it but at the same time they also said that you can't carry forward the losses under the same head as well which i think uh, should have not been the case ideally it should have been that if you have set it aside as a separate line item which cannot be set off with others at least it should have been allowed to set off against itself which i'm presuming in the coming years will will gradually develop and evolve but i think that that would have been something that should have been allowed at the same time uh, as i said the 30% seems to be on the higher side should have been ideally around 20% one other thing that they have said is they have said cost of acquisition now if you look at cost of acquisition uh there are a lot of elements that go into cost of acquisition i might be buying it through an exchange i might be paying commission fees there there might be gas fees and few other things and so on now that clarity uh has to come out on defining what truly constitutes cost of acquisition because uh otherwise then um, you you also tend to uh kind of be at a at a disadvantage when the cost of acquisition only in, includes the basic price when the taxation level is this high is there a risk that it turns away new investors in that sense now at least there is clarity of course the tax rate is i would say on the higher side 30% can turn off a lot of investors uh, but at the same time it also gives clarity for whoever is getting in to be mentally ready that this is the amount of tax i need to shell out on what i earn so uh, i mean it, it is it's typically like any other income uh except that in this case it doesn't get added to the total income the way it should have been because it's directly separately taxed at a flat rate of 30% in terms of uh, investors i think there will be two kinds of investors one who are relieved that their investment is now no, uh, no longer illegal uh, those who will now have clarity that what is the amount of tax i need to shell out but at the same time any higher tax in any form is usually a turn off for some who might think that okay let me find out greener pastures maybe outside the country and not keep it in india and there i think it might affect uh, what you call investors and new investors or existing ones who may not want to keep it in india and 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 therefore uh, there are certain uh, pitfalls that are associated with a higher tax rate in any business i mean when when the tax on gold or uh, rate was very high people were hoarding uh, or people were illegally dealing in it uh which which is why uh, i mean uh, the view is that maybe 30 looks high could have been slightly lower but the great story is that still cannot be um, uh, avoided to be told is the fact that at least now it it's the first step towards uh, getting some form of legitimacy but overall does this become then a safer market for investors the fact that there is bound to be some kind of regulation well uh in in a way yes and in in, in partly to say that it will be a controlled market uh in, in a sense that uh, what will be allowed now will be defined on what the rules and regulations speak of and the taxability of it uh at least certainly it is much better than the ban group uh, once this this clarity has emerged a lot of rules and regulations will have to be worked and they will fall in place as the market matures as the government is able to grasp on many uh, aspects of these and the industry is also able to come in terms with various regulations and rules and so on so uh, what is critical therefore as 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 we had said is that maybe we could start with and one of the recommendations in the white paper was that maybe we could start with some stringent regulations but slowly evolve as we 
grasp this animal better and and go forward uh, towards more relaxation as we are able to get a mature control over state of things For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TUI Plus, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at tuipodcasts@timesinternet.in.